This is Anna Off, and you're listening to Hitting the High Note. Hello, and welcome to Hitting the High Note. I'm your host, Kevin Cusack, and today I have a very talented and lovely guest who is from New York, originally from Massachusetts, singer, songwriter, DJ, and producer, Anna Ah. I just want to take a minute to thank Anna for coming on and talking with me about her music, and I look forward to learning more about you. So, Anna, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. I'm excited to be here. Um, I'm happy to meet you. And um, I'm, I'm really excited to tell the world more about what I've been up to. Right on. Happy to meet you as well. And you just recently released a song on Spotify, Fool for Hire. Tell us more about that. Um, sure. Well, it's actually the, one of the very first songs I wrote in my songwriting career. And um, for a while, I just didn't do anything with it. And originally I'd written it in a key that was too high for my voice. So I kind of just pushed it to the side and I thought, oh, you know, this song, it's a little self-pitying. So it just kind of went to the side for a while. And then actually my mom, uh, it's one of her favorite songs. So she said, I can't find Fool for Hire online anywhere. I can't click on it. So I'm like, all right, mom. Um, so I lowered the key and um, I put it out for her. And other people are enjoying it as well. So that's the story behind that song. Nice. Yeah, it's a great song. Thank you. You're welcome. When did you get into music? Um, a while ago. Very, very long time ago. I got into rock music as a, as a teen, as a young teen. Um, my friends and I had a band, and I was the singer. And my best friend's father was a rock musician. So he, he kind of managed the band a little bit and taught us all about rock music. So I started actually as a rocker, um, started, you know, learning chords and rock singing and everything. And um, as time went on, I actually got more and more interested in, in some of the synthesizer stuff and the technology. So I, I really dove deep into that. But at the root of it, I'm, I'm a rock singer, songwriter, pop, whatever you call it. Um, but I've taken that style and I've modernized it because I'm very interested in technology. So that, that started as uh, when I was a young teenager and has kind of traveled throughout. Nice. And you mentioned synthesizer. I love synth music and big fan of 80s new wave. I understand you are too. Oh, absolutely. That's actually what originally got me into electronic music. Um, I had a boyfriend in high school who we used to watch uh, Depeche Mode concerts <laughs> on the TV. And it was a very curious band to me because I was so used to like pop singers. And I'm like, this is really interesting. And I just really liked the sound. So I started using Pandora and it generated all these other new wave bands. So I just got really interested in that sound and that's always stuck with me. And this was even before music technology was really, really big. But that sound has always kind of been a part of me. And now that electronics are really, really big, I'm, I'm trying to reinterpret that style in a modern sort of way. Pesh Mode is one of the most iconic, influential bands from the 80s and in like the whole new wave genre of music. Oh, yeah. And yeah, there's so many great 
new wave artists like A Flock of Seagulls, Scritty Blitty, Wing Chong, Real Life. Yep. It's interesting because the new wave artists, I think one of the things that makes them so good is they're actually conventional singer-songwriters. They write rock and pop. They use all the chord progressions. They, they pay close attention to their lyrics and their verses and their choruses. They just take that and they somehow translate it and use sound design. So what you're hearing is good songwriting. It just sounds electronic. It's not, it doesn't really actually stray that far from pop and rock. So I think that's part of what makes them such fantastic artists. And you're a big Pink Floyd fan. What is your all-time favorite Pink Floyd song? Ah, uh, Shine On You Crazy Diamond. It's just, uh, I like stuff that really takes you to another world. And it's just such an imaginative song. And somehow I always could relate to, to the character that the singer was singing to. Um, just the idea of, of being a young child and, and having this imagination and this bright light. And it just it reminds me a little of myself. Very nice. Classic song, for sure. And that's actually one of my favorite songs as well. And also, The Gnome is a really good song. Yeah. You have a professional certification from Jam Master J's Scratch DJ Academy. Which is true. Yeah. Garnish Music Production School. What were those experiences like? They were great. Um, they're, they're kind of rooted very, very deeply in the new New York music scene. Um, and they're trade schools. So I actually went to them concurrently. Um, so Garnish teaches you everything about electronic music production and more conventional music production. So whereas I was originally a singer, songwriter, and I wanted to go into the big studio and cut the demo and get signed and all that, the more and more I, I learned electronic music production from Garnish, um, I learned how to make my own records. So they really taught me about how to make music in Ableton, how to make electronic music, how to mix master it so a lot of what i put out online is actually all done by me i i do have a couple of records coming up that were mixed by other people but some of my work is actually produced by me because i learned how to do it at the school the dj school was something separate and and that breaks down nuts and bolts of djing which i knew nothing about and as i got more and more into it, it it's really fascinating both from a technical end, you know, the blending and scratching, and also just learning about the history of music and learning about all different genres and BPMs and keys. It actually really helps as a songwriter to know about all that stuff and to know what works in the real world. Like when I was a DJ, I still am, um, I would look at how do people behave around certain songs? And so I, I developed a sense for what works in music and what doesn't work. Um, so I learned all that at Scratch Academy. And I pretty soon after, or actually while I was still there, I started gigging and putting what I learned into practice. So that was a really great experience. DJ career, you've DJed at a bunch of weddings and parties and uh, stuff for like Fortune 500 companies, which is really neat. Mm -hmm. And you've also played at some really iconic New York venues, Williamsburg Music Hall and Webster Hall, and not to mention a very iconic venue in LA, the Viper Room. Oh, the Viper Room. That actually was my second LA gig. 
So that that was one of my best gigs. The sound system there was amazing. The Viper Room's got such a rich history of artists that have played there. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I know I had a friend um, who is a rock singer, and I remember she was opening for Imagine Dragons at the Viper Room. Nice. And now Imagine Dragons is Imagine Dragons. So <laughs> it's an interesting place. The great thing about music is it brings people together. Yeah, I always love to see the trajectory for people. And obviously it's different for each person, but I, lo- I love to hear the story of someone who came from nothing or right when they were getting started and then just to see how they blow up. It's not just about them already being famous, but, but what sort of the trail they took in order to get to that point. Definitely. And one of the things about you that is so cool is with every song, you hone in on your skills and every song is like better than the last one. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Can you tell us more about the process of that? Well, I'm sure. Uh, so I essentially write songs on mostly on keyboard, mostly just a vocal and a keyboard. And um, then I transfer that into, um, you know, the synthesizer and all the electronic music production. So it's, it's literally just going through those motions over and over again and getting a better sense for, for example, my vocal range, for vocal delivery, uh, for mixing and mastering. And I think it's just a matter of experience that I get better. And also the process of putting work out and seeing how people respond to it also helps me improve my own work. That's amazing. And same with me, like before I started the podcast, I was a DJ at Blaze Radio at ASU. And I found with every episode and every time I was on the air, I got better and better. And it just like, it was natural. Yeah. Just flows. And yeah, same thing with the podcast. Once I started the podcast, it was, you know, kind of like word of mouth promoting. And then I decided to start up social media pages and once I'd done that, I got more and more artists contacting me. Mm-hmm. And it's taken off like a month ago. I was at like 200 something downloads. And now I'm over 700 something. Wow, that's great. I'm, I'm really happy for you. Yeah, thank you. And also with like Twitter, funny thing about the Twitter page is like I'm over 1,100 mm-hmm. followers. And I've only had that Twitter page for a month and a half. Good. Yeah. I guess that's how it works. Things just keep growing and growing. That's why I'm very comfortable with what I'm doing now. I'm very confident that if I keep putting myself out there, it's going to evolve the way that it should naturally. And I don't really have to force things too much. I just think there's going to be a natural growth into whatever my career should be, if that makes sense. Yeah. And yeah, it's uh, great to get yourself out there. And yeah, it's, you know, kind of tough at times and it's like you have to be vulnerable you have to get yourself out there oh yeah absolutely and i think it's with music but also with your personality and and one thing i'm realizing i actually didn't really get into twitter until last month um i I wasn't an active user and for some reason i just started speaking my mind i don't know why maybe it's because when i text people i'm pretty open and somehow i just translated that into twitter even though there's a huge audience I was just like, why don't I just say whatever I feel? And it, it seems to be working. I've, I've attracted a lot of fans in a very short amount of time, and I'm, I'm making relationships. And I'm super excited, actually, because I have a, a song coming out 
in the middle of September that was the result of a, a Twitter interaction. Oh, wow. And I met a guy who's this multi-instrumentalist, wicked on guitar, wicked on piano, went to music conservatory and all that. He lives in Australia. He heard my music online and he asked me to do a collaboration. So we already finished a record and this is all because of Twitter. So I, I think it's a really great platform. Yeah, it is. Like with Twitter, it used to be like not that great of a platform. Now it is. I mean, like this, just this week alone, I'm getting like doing interviews with artists from Australia and England. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's what's so great about Twitter that it's, it's global. So it is literally come into contact with people anywhere in the world definitely yeah and um yeah the show's gone downloads from like the uae and a bunch of other countries nice yeah i'm happy for you i'm so glad so you're also a screenwriter that is correct tell us more about that i've been writing fiction since i was five it's just always been a part of me. Some people are just wired towards certain things. I'm wired as a writer. That's just what I do. And um, somehow, I don't know how it happened, but I, I'm finished six movies. I don't know where they came from, oh. <laughs> but I have six movies. <laughs> and they're, they're there. They're feature-length movies. And um, I've been talking a lot to a guy who's um, pretty well-established independent film producer who who read a couple of my treatments, a couple of my scripts, and we're, we're in talks to produce something. So it's funny how these things happen, how, how a script may even come about in the first place or, or anything, not just scripts, but songs, just the whole creative process of taking something from nothing and then turning it into this product. That's kind of how I feel about what happened with screenplays. The stories just kept building upon themselves and we'll see where it goes. That's pretty awesome and super dope about the collaboration with the artist in Australia. It's like, this song is so good. And I'm not just saying it to toot my own horn, but when you combine two different skill sets from people, it allows them to focus on what they do best and give each other feedback. So it's just a, it's an excellent song. It's something that I can actually sit and listen to and enjoy over and over again. So I'm, I'm super excited to get it out there. And how it came about, it's so interesting because he actually posted on Twitter this question to everyone. He's like, what's your favorite key to compose in? Which is an interesting question. I did see that tweet, yeah. <laughs> Not that tweet. So, so you know who, his name is Brett Sinclair. And yeah. I guess Twitter among music people is probably a pretty small world. So I responded and that's how he, he found my music. Um, it just evolved from there. And, and he was able to take, I sent him a bunch of melodies that, that I'd written, just singing melodies, not chords or anything. And he was just able to hear a chord and to start writing chords. And usually I do that myself, but to have someone with that depth of musical knowledge contributing is, is it really enhances the song. So I'm, I'm very excited about this one. It's called See You In My Dreams. Right on. And definitely look forward to listening to that when it comes out. Yeah, I'm excited to put it out. Yeah, going back to uh, screenwriting. I'm also a screenwriter and wrote, directed, and produced a short film that I'm actually going to turn into a full-length feature. Nice. Yeah, so I'm in the process of... Um, expanding it into a full feature and have an idea for another film. So what was the inspiration for Love Rain? Love Rain. Um, 
I was listening to a lot of EDM at the time. I'm trying to think of what I was thinking when I actually wrote the song. And I think it was just very inspired by EDM. And um, I had written a loop on Ableton that had sort of that synthy EDM sound. And I just started making up a melody around it. And it's, it's supposed to be just a really fun, feel good song. It's about freeing yourself from your own mind and, and just enjoying life and feeling love. And it's pretty simple and you can sing to it and dance to it. And it reminds me a little of the 1960s, which I think we could all spend a little more time in that mindset. Yeah, definitely. The free spirit time and like Woodstock and amazing music. Oh yeah. I draw a lot of my inspiration from that era of music. Late 60s, early 70s, you know, the whole British invasion and Woodstock and Janis Joplin and Beatles, Led Zeppelin, all of that stuff because their mindset and their creativity was just free. Mm. And they were able to generate really interesting creative work. And and I listened to a lot of that kind of music when I was growing up and I really got into the mind of those artists and the imagination. I'm trying to do what I can to carry forth that that spirit with my own music. Besides music, what else influences you? You mean in terms of my songwriting or just in terms of my life? Uh, in life. Um. I see myself as a very kind person and I'm very motivated to help people and to make them feel better. Um, I think it's just part of my nature. So that's definitely influential. Um, I I really enjoy nature and being meditative and and reflective. So I'm definitely inspired by that. I read a lot of nonfiction and I watch a lot of fictional movies and my curiosity for the world and and learning about new things and whatever topic it is, is is something that really drives me. That's very good. Really hope uh, music gets back with shows at all the venues. It's interesting because I think there's a lot of new art that's forming over the internet and new audiences being reached. So it'll be interesting to see how that translates over into live shows when it happens because in some ways, I feel like this situation is generating a new type of music, you know, a new sort of digital, there's a huge digital influence now on music. So the question is, how do you take that digital influence and when things open up again, what, what is a live music show even going to look like? So I'll be very curious to, to see that or hear that. It's going to be interesting to you know with the whole like wearing mask situation stuff. It's going to be interesting because... There's a lot of great art and a lot of great music coming out right now during this interesting time that we're living in right now with, you know, artists creating different playlists on Spotify, reaching out and collaborating. And yeah, Spotify playlists are really awesome because it's a great way to discover new music. And that's actually something I'm very active in doing. I want to give, I actually, I run six... Spotify playlists in six different genres. And I frequently put out calls for submissions. And what I'm trying to do is build out new playlists and build followers because I really wanna give people a chance to get exposed without any sort of biases or just kind of a pure musical listening experience. So I don't care how many followers someone has, they could have a million, they could have zero. 
I'm just listening to each song and I say, if this is a good song, I'm going to put it on the playlist. So I think in some ways that can help level the playing field, especially as the playlists get more followers. So I've, that's something I also do to, to help artists and to help engage with the world. Definitely making a difference too. I think it's big. I think Spotify is a great avenue for discovering. I think a lot of people are consuming music now on that platform. And what makes it interesting is that it's not like the old record label system where they controlled all the distribution. You can kind of make it your own. Mm-hmm. You can kind of go to playlisters or to your audience and you can sort of build your own ecosystem. So there's a lot of freedom that comes to the artist through Spotify. So true. If you were to collaborate with any artist, who would it be and why? Oh gosh, I've gotten this question from other interviews and it's always so hard to answer. I think it'd be someone in a totally different genre, like someone that doesn't even do music. Like I'd love to produce a record for Michelle Obama or something. (laughs) You know, just take some public figure who's totally not even uh, into music and somehow create a piece of art with them. I think that would be awesome. Yeah, that would be. Is there anything you want to ask me? Um, sure. Well, what kind of uh, patterns are you finding as you interview different artists? What do you think are the trends for both the creation of art and how people are consuming music? How do you think it's evolving with, with these times and everything? Yeah. Um, that's a really good question. Are there any commonalities across, um, that you're hearing from the different people you interview about their process or about how they're marketing their music? Like with the writing process, some are saying like lyrics are easier to write. Mm -hmm. And then some are like with the opposite melodies are easier and lyrics are tougher. Mm -hmm. Um, with the whole distribution of it a lot of them love spotify it's great yeah it is and podcast is up on spotify and that's getting a lot of traction on there and it's also on podbean nice some are more geared to promote their music on twitter Mm -hmm. than they are on facebook a lot of them are saying that twitter is easier for them to post. Twitter has that repost feature. It's, it's harder to do repost um, on Facebook. I find now that I've started using Twitter, it's really easy to tag people and repost and scroll through the feed. I think it's there's just it's just very fluid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's easier on Twitter than it is Instagram. Kind of like harder to like you know repost. I, yeah, I always found issue with that. I mean, Instagram. It's hard because you can't paste links into Instagram. You can't repost. And those are two things that you can do in Twitter that makes it a little more frustrating with Instagram. I actually, my following was, or still is bigger on Instagram, but more and more now I'm getting into Twitter. And I think my my energy might start shifting towards that medium. Yeah. And a lot of artists, what I've been finding out is they have a huge following on Twitter and pretty good following on Instagram, but like Facebook's like their <laughs> following, which I mean, it's the same way with me. I know that people like under 35 tend to use um, Instagram and Twitter more. And I think it's a bit of maybe the older generation that uses Facebook. So that might be part of it. 
Yeah. Also, another commonality that I've been finding is a lot of artists are collaborating a lot more during this time. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Just get the creative juices flowing and people can't you know, really go see each other and be in the same room. So, you know, they're kind of thinking outside the box and, oh, you know, it'd be cool to collaborate with this artist who's in a totally different genre of music than, you know, what we're used to. There have been some great collaborations that I've been like finding. Something about the creativity is for whatever reason, now that I'm behind the screen, I've find risk taking to be a lot easier because I can just throw something on the internet and I don't really get the immediate negative reaction that I might get um, if it were in real time. So I feel like for some reason I can just take more risks because the worst that can happen is it just lands somewhere in a vacuum in the internet and no one gives a crap. So I just feel a lot freer. I don't know why. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like, I've been doing a lot more episodes than before the whole pandemic even started. Mm -hmm. Doing a lot more episodes, like, during this quarantine time. And Mm -hmm. it's been amazing. Finding a bunch of new artists and, you know, interviewing them, playing their music, listening to their music. And that's, like, all of what this show's about is... For people to discover new artists. Oh, well, that that's sweet of you. Um, I know I, I do have some Twitter fans that are very eager to hear uh, this podcast. And I mean, it's interesting because my whole Twitter process is that people are starting to get to know me over Twitter, and they're starting to get curious. And so, to give them a chance to really hear what I'm about is uh, is good. It is. If they're cur- you know they're curious, they they like me. They want to hear what I'm doing. They want to hear what makes me tick yeah the cool thing about this podcast is the uk is like the number two country with the most downloads for your podcast for my podcast yeah and it's interesting because i've never even been to the uk (laughs) maybe it's a twitter thing because my music is starting to get really popular in the uk too either they're really into music or it's a twitter thing (laughs) it's probably both because i know a lot of like people that I've had on the show, on the podcast, that are actually following you. And then some that are about to be on the podcast are following you as well. Yeah, it's kind of funny because when I started getting involved in, in Twitter, there's this little like circle of artists that keep sort of interacting with each other. And they're from all around the world. That's the same. It's the same artists. It's almost like a little corner of artists that just somehow collected together (laughs) i think it's a very interesting community (laughs) yeah it's like a big giant family (laughs) and so a lot of the playlists that i have i've actually been putting a lot of these twitter artists onto the playlist so it's a really good source for me to to i don't know support new artists and find new artists i've been talking to them and other social media it's it's the same people (laughs) over and over again it's awesome yeah it's and i've been able to in this process um because i had a theory long before i got into twitter that there is amazing music out there there's a lot of it they're very creative people they're just not getting recognized Mm -hmm. but now i feel like i've been able to start to find them through twitter and i put them into my playlists and start building relationships i'm like yeah there is good music coming out it's just not necessarily mass distributed 
definitely. And yeah, there's so much great music out there. And it's sad because like it's better than the stuff that's on the radio right now. Oh, 100%. And I'm just hoping to do my little part with my playlists or with my own music to try to shift it a little bit and to try to give more attention to to these what I would consider good artists and good music. And I know that with social media and with Spotify, it's possible to sort of create your own lane and your own way of distributing music. So people don't have to just rely on one source for music anymore. And if, if they find one type of music better, even though it's not heard on the radio, they can listen to that music instead. Is there anything else you want to ask me? Maybe just, is there anything else you'd like to know about me or about what I'm doing with my music or my process or my views on the world, my visions for my career. Visions on your career. Visions on my career. Um, well, I just want to write great songs that can go into a songbook. But there are certain songs that you just remember them and they're so dear to you and you can sing them. And I just want to write the stuff that gets published in the songbooks and that people cover. And I want to play it. And um, I do realize that I have a talent for singing and I want to, you know, use that to express music and to help express other people's musical ideas as well. And, and my vision, it's hard to say because I feel like art is sort of this, you can't necessarily plan it 100%. You can't necessarily have a very specific vision because I think a lot of it is dependent on the environment. So I just take it a day at a time. Right on. I think it's the, whatever gets created as a result of my career is going to be beautiful. I just don't know how it's going to look just yet. What was the hardest song to write? Um, I have a song called Rock and Roll 2050 that I originally wrote to a house beat. Um, it still kind of is a house beat. But it was hard to write because it's not, I usually write in sort of a chord and melody type of structure. But that song, it, it was not chord and melody. You used a lot of, it, it just wasn't a chord based song. So I found it hard to figure out the exact notes that I should be singing because it's, it's not structured. Like a lot of songs, you know, they're structured pretty simply in a certain key. And so all the notes fit into that key and it's pretty straightforward. That one, it's, it was just different. And I had to figure out how to make it sound right. Somehow I put it together. It's a good song. I like it. It's funny because a, a lot of people regard it as less polished than some of my other songs. But that's kind of intentional. It's supposed to be like a DIY, like to hell with it type of song. So I'm fine with that. It's good to have a song like that. The problem though, it's, I think it's a great song. The problem is that it shows up as my most popular on Spotify. And I don't think it's entirely representative of my sound. So if people just click on that song, they're not gonna really get a taste for what I'm about. But it is what it is. The algorithm, you know, the most popular songs changes all the time. It just sometimes gets frustrating because you don't control what order things are on in Spotify. So people click on what's most popular, but it's not necessarily what you want to promote. Do you have any tips for creative artists, whether it's screenwriting or music? Tips in what aspect? Like in general. I can give tips for both the 
creative process and for the marketing end. The creative process, there's obviously there's knowledge base that as you develop more and more knowledge, your art gets better. With music, it's knowledge of, you know, music theory and keys and mixing and music technology and all that. And, you know, for example, with screenwriting, it might be knowledge of screenplay structure and character development and um, even formatting of screenplays. But there comes a point with any type of art where you just have to make something. Like you just have to start. You have to write a song, you have to write a movie. Um, and then you can kind of learn in the process. And that's how I've approached both songwriting and screenwriting is part of it, it's just doing it. And I think a lot of artists think too much and they need to just finish something. Like I know a lot of people that call themselves musicians, but where's your song? You know, if you're a songwriter, just write songs. You know, if you're a screenwriter, write movies. I think that's probably the most important thing for artists is to just do it. Um, and then as far as marketing, that's one of my weaker areas, but um, I will say so far that it works better to just build personal relationships with anyone who can help market your art or that you can work with rather than kind of blasting every single playlist. I really think there's a lot of value to the personal relationship rather than doing sort of a mass type of communication. Building relationships is, is the way to get your music out or art. Building a relationship is where it's at because it's also like being authentic. Oh yeah. And it's, it's interesting because I would by no means call my playlists like hugely followed. But even as a playlist curator, I get some people who write me very personal messages and they say, this is the playlist that I want to be on and I really liked your music and they, they really personalize it. And then there's other people who just paste a link. Mm -hmm. So which one am I going to listen to? Of course, I'm going to listen to the one that personalizes it. And not so coincidentally, their music is usually better. It's true. When I actually sit down and listen to it, it's better. So I pay more attention to that music and less to the music where they're just copying and pasting the link. Definitely. How can more listeners find out about your music? My music is available on a lot of different platforms. It's on Spotify, iTunes, Apple, YouTube, SoundCloud, pretty much anywhere you can find music. You can find my music. Um, it's easily searchable. Just Anna Awe. So A-N-N-A-A-W-E. It's, it's there for you to click. It's there for you to buy. It's there for you to stream. Anything you want to add? I'm really excited about some tracks I have coming up. I think they, as you were saying, they keep getting better and better. So the two I have coming out in September are, I think, my best work yet. So I'm really excited um, to be putting them out. I'm really excited because um, I'm going to have a much more structured marketing plan. So I'll be very curious to see where it goes when I start employing those marketing techniques, because I think it's going to make a world of difference to, to my career as an artist. So I think things are good. Things are good for me. Things are good for artists right now. And that's what I have to say. Best of luck on your music journey. Luck on your journalistic journey. Thank you. Your music is amazing and very uplifting. Thank you. I'm glad it can bring people to a better level in life. 
that's what it did for me originally. I, I used to be in a very dark place and then I found music and I felt more complete and I hope to carry that forth. Thank you so much, Anna, for taking the time out of your schedule to join me. You're welcome, Kevin. It was a real pleasure. Next, I'm going to play Fool for Hire by Anna Aw. I've been wandering on so many roads Cities pass me by with nobody I know What does it take when you are all alone? No one's there to help you find your way home I've been searching for a heart for many years Just some person who will freely shed his tears What happens when they all turn their backs? Next, I'm going to play Love Rain.
Anna Ah. I'm Kevin Cusack. Thank you all for listening to Hitting the High Note. Stay safe.